jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Here we go, a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation here on ESPN Radio. 97.7 and 100.1. Online ESPNSyracuse.com on the ESPN app. And if you want to see me, if you want to see inside our studios here in Armory Square, check it out on Facebook, ESPN Syracuse, and you can watch the whole two hours. I will say, uh, the Facebook stream, if if you're listening now, if, if you're not able to listen to the whole show, but you want to go back and listen to the whole thing and not just the podcast that we put out there that's about 30 or so minutes, the Facebook stream is a really good way to go find the whole two hours uh, because it archives itself and and you can find the entire show there every single day no matter what. So you can listen to the entire uh, two hours on Facebook later on in the afternoon. And you might want to because we got Stephen Fonte calling in from the road. Uh, he'll be calling us at about 12.30. And then at 1.30, we've got the voice of the Irish on NBC Sports. We've got the host of the Olympics on NBC Sports, the host of Football Night in America, and so many more and and so many more things. It's Mike Tirico coming up. At 1.30, the SU grad will join us to talk SU and Notre Dame and, and give us some insight on this on this Notre Dame team. Uh, we also, we, we have to ask, what what's going to be orange that he's wearing? Tie, pocket square, cufflinks, uh, socks? Where Where is he going here with, with the orange? There's got to be something. There's got to be something. So we'll be talking a lot of football throughout the show. We'll try and get a little basketball in as well later on in the program. Uh, this is the start of four day, four games in four days for Syracuse in New York City. Three sports, four games, four days, three venues. And it starts tonight with the SU women's basketball team. You'll hear that here on ESPN Radio. As always, Brian Higgins will be down there. A top 20 matchup in their own right against Texas A&M. You've got tomorrow night with UConn and Syracuse in the Garden. Friday night with Syracuse Syracuse and probably Oregon in the Garden as well. Uh, And then, of course, it's it's all kind of culminating in Syracuse and Notre Dame Saturday afternoon at Yankee Stadium. And I do want to start with football. I want to start... Not necessarily with the idea of this game and the idea of this game coming out of seemingly nowhere and being one of the biggest games on the college football schedule, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that 
over the next couple of days as we head down to New York. Steve and I will be doing shows, Daniel Baldwin doing shows uh, from down in New York City. I'm sure we'll get to that over the next couple of days. But what I want to start with tonight is the college football ranking that came out last night. And you heard Tommy say it. Syracuse is now 12th in the country in the college football poll. Syracuse is now 12th in the college football playoff poll. That puts them in the New Year's Six. That puts them in one of the six marquee games of the College Bowl season. One of the six best games. For now, that's the Peach Bowl, it seems. It seems that would put them in the Peach Bowl against West Virginia, which would be a whole lot of fun. I would love to see Syracuse and West Virginia in the Peach Bowl. But as I look through the rest of the rankings... There were a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. A couple of things that I thought could help you show where Syracuse might end up, how Syracuse might do uh, in the bowl season. And my first reaction was that Syracuse stands to gain a lot this Saturday against Notre Dame. My first reaction is that Syracuse stands to gain a lot should they win. If Syracuse knocks off number 3 Notre Dame, they will jump into the top 10. There's no doubt about that. Who they'll jump uh, and and how high, I don't know. But they will certainly jump into the top 10. And almost as importantly, I'm not so sure they fall so far should they lose. And here's why. Look at Boston College. Boston College... Last week, ranked 20th. Boston College last week played Clemson. Boston College last week got smoked by Clemson. Absolutely just run run up and down. They got beat bad. They dropped three spots. They didn't fall all that far. They didn't drop hard by losing to a top three team. And I think the same would be the case for Syracuse. Going on a neutral field, playing a team that's top three in the country, I think that they would have much the same fate. I also don't think Syracuse is going to lose as badly as Boston College did. But there is always that possibility. And so I think that the floor is... Pretty high still for Syracuse. The floor is a lot high, uh, is a lot better of a place than you probably would have imagined heading into last night. And Saturday's game, because of that, Saturday's game to me turns into a real high, uh, low risk, high reward game. Syracuse isn't going to drop out of the top twenty because they lose to Notre Dame. Syracuse might not drop out of the top fifteen if they lose to Notre Dame. So I think that there's a lot of reward out there for Syracuse to go get by playing in this game and not all that much risk attached to it, which also is not something that I would have imagined a couple of weeks ago. And that opens the door to this possibility. Now, you would need some help in this scenario, but I think it opens the door at least to the possibility that Syracuse could lose to Notre Dame and beat Boston College and still find themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl. 
I think it at least opens the door to that possibility. Seeing Syracuse 12th last night, seeing Boston College and where they dropped to last night, I think that door is at least cracked open. Now, is it a good chance? No, I would not say that. There is not a good chance of that happening. But I do believe there's a chance of if they go 1-1, one and one, they can make a New Year's Six Bowl. And that's not something that I thought prior to last night's rankings. I, I, I didn't feel good about that thought prior to last night's rankings. But after seeing how the committee valued teams, how the committee valued a loss to a top three team, how the committee values, oh, and knowing how the committee would value a win over a top-ranked team, I think it's possible that Syracuse could get to the New Year's Six, could stay in the Peach Bowl, should they go 1-1 one and one here down the stretch. Finish the year 9-3. and three. Win over Notre Dame or win over Boston College. You would have a decent win on the, on the resume. And most importantly, you would be there. You would be in the conversation. Again, not a great chance, but at least a chance of that happening. So to me, this game this weekend carries so much opportunity and so little risk. So much opportunity to jump in the rankings. So much opportunity to better yourself as a team. To better your opportunity and your chances of going to a nice shiny bowl game. And I'm not going to get into the, new, the, the playoff possibilities. I'm not doing that. Because I think that's patently ridiculous. But I will believe in the New Year's Six. I will believe that this team can make it there. Because it feels really real. It feels really possible at this point. Syracuse hasn't gone to a bowl of that caliber in 20 years. Fiesta Bowl, 98. That would be a remarkable step forward. And I think that a win this weekend would all but lock that up. That would very nearly lock up a spot in the New Year's Six. And I say that because beating Notre Dame would jump, would vault you in a poll. And while losing to Boston College wouldn't be great, they are a top 25 team. And so I'm curious if the drop from losing to a Boston College would be the same as the gains made by beating Notre Dame. And I don't know that we have the answer to that. I don't know that we have the answer to how big a drop is it losing to the 17th or 18th ranked team in the country. Now this week is interesting because around the college football world, they're... uh, there aren't very many good games. Syracuse and Notre Dame is the game of the weekend, and it's not even all that close. Sure, there's UCF and Cincinnati, but Alabama plays the Citadel, Florida playing Idaho. The SEC is on bye week, essentially, here. And there's only one other ranked ranked versus ranked matchup, and that is UCF. And Cincinnati. There's not a whole lot of good things here on the plate. 
So it means that for Syracuse to jump up, they'd have to displace some people. They would have to displace people who probably aren't going to lose. Now, a win over Notre Dame would do that. A win over Notre Dame would cause them to jump in the rankings. I just don't know how high because I don't see very many of the 11 teams ahead of them losing this weekend. I don't see the possibility for many teams ahead of them to lose. Washington State at 8th in the country gets Arizona. LSU has Rice. Oklahoma has Kansas. Clemson gets Duke. Georgia has UMass. Michigan has Indiana. West Virginia has Oklahoma State. It's not exactly a murderer's row here on the schedule. Ohio State has Maryland. As mentioned, Alabama playing the Citadel. It's not exactly a tough slate for the top 10 in the country. And they went undefeated last year, the last week, and they probably will go undefeated again this week. Barring, of course, the Syracuse win over Notre Dame. But regardless of what happens, I think that the rankings last night were a a good sign for Syracuse. I think they were a positive sign for the Orange. Sure, they're back in the top 12. They're in position to be in the New Year's Six. But look at what else happened and try and project that out. And I think there's at least a chance that they're going to a New Year's Six at 1-1 and through the end of the year. Not a great chance, but at least a chance that they could. And if not, you go to the Camping World Bowl. To me, that seems the likely second destination. But either way, Syracuse is lined up for some pretty good things come bowl season. They'll go somewhere good. They're going to a bowl game, first and foremost, for the first time in five years, and they're going to have a number next to their name because they can lose twice and still be in the top 25. So good things coming here for Syracuse football and great things here for SU Athletics as we've hit this week finally. I feel like we've been talking about it forever, where this week was going to happen. There was going to be these games in New York in consecutive days and consecutive awesome venues. We're finally here. We're looking forward to it. We'll be with you from New York all week long, Thursday and Friday. Steve and I down in New York, Daniel Baldwin down in New York and join us Saturday as well at the Bronx Draft House we're just blocks from Yankee Stadium we'll be doing the Romano Subaru SU football pregame show we're live from 12:30 to 2:30 getting you ready for SU and Notre Dame it'll be myself and Seth Everett that's at the Bronx Draft House just a couple blocks from Yankee Stadium so come on out hang out and get ready for SU Notre Dame with us let's take our first time out we'll have Stephen Fonte coming up in about 15 minutes, join us on the phones, 315-437-7644 or the text line 288-0644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Brought to you here on Orange Nation by CH Insurance. In about an hour from now... We'll hear from the host of the Olympics, the host of Football Night in America, and the voice of the Fighting Irish on ES on NBC. Bad habits. Habit, habits die hard. Uh, Mike Tirico, now of NBC Sports. Uh, but we got Stephen Fonte with us now, obviously uh, co-host here with us. He's on his way down to uh, Westchester, where the Syracuse women's basketball team will play Texas A&M 
later tonight. Steve, how's the drive? Where are you? What what progress has been made? Uh, we're about an hour into the trip. Uh, we're taking the throughway. Uh, we're kind of going over and down, opposed to, to taking a more direct route because of the weather. But we're about an hour in, and uh, you know, right around the Utica area, and uh, you know, still about three hours to go, and, and getting ready for the women's game tonight. We're, we're only eight days into the women's season, and, and already their their second top twenty opponent tonight. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Why don't we start there with that? Because you brought it up. Uh, their, their second top twenty opponent. Um, I've said this to you off the air, and I think I've said it before on the air. I'm always really impressed by Coach Q and his uh, willingness, let's call it, to go schedule some of these games. Yeah, I talked to him about it yesterday. I was over at the Mellow Center following practice, and he said, listen, this is by design. You want to build up your RPI. You, you want to build up your, your resume with quality wins. Now, they obviously didn't get the win over the weekend at Oregon, but there's no shame in losing to the number three team in the country by a bucket. And he, so he said, you know, listen, we, we gained some confidence from that game. Uh, we saw that we can compete with anyone in the country. We also saw that there's a fine line between winning and losing in these kinds of games. I asked him if there was more urgency going into tonight. Uh, and, and he said, listen, they're, they're all important. You want to build up your resume with any wins you can get. So uh, a big one tonight against Texas A&M. And then uh, really no break in the schedule. They do have Bucknell coming up this weekend, but then they, they head to Cancun for three games in three days. One of those games uh, will be against number 15, DePaul, down there, and then they come back and they go right on the road again for the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and they play number 25, Minnesota, on the road. So four weeks into the season, they're going to have four games against ranked opponents under their belt, and if uh, if Key wants to build up the RPI and be battle-tested for, for what awaits in the regular season and come March, um, I think he's uh, I think he's accomplishing that by the way he scheduled the early part of this season. Yeah, it's really incredible, and and they do this every year. Uh, this is not uh, you know an un- unusual thing. This is not only because they're bringing five starters back. It, it seems like Coach Q um, and that program schedule like this year in and year out, as you said, because it just gets you ready for the ACC schedule and and it toughens you up, so to speak. Yeah, and one more thing about this this game tonight against Texas A&M. I think there's a, a perception out there that this game was added because of the Cuse in the city thing, and, and that's why they're playing it in Westchester. And, and Q said, we, we were going to play a, a series with Texas A&M all along. It couldn't be in the Dome because they had some other things going on. So they agreed to a, a series that involved two neutral site games. The first one would be somewhere in New York, and then the one next year would be somewhere in Texas. And then when all this came together with the Notre Dame game and then the men going down to the garden for Thursday and Friday, that's when they targeted, all right, let's try to make it uh, somewhere down near the city and, and take advantage of that. So that's why the game ended up at, at Westchester County. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is they were going to play this game regardless. It just so happened that, that once you know the Notre Dame game and the men's basketball games got on the schedule, they decided, hey, let's do it down in the city and, and, and make a week of it. Yeah, some good flexible planning, and, and it leads to a really fun week. I mean, the the game tonight, the women's basketball game, the two men's basketball games, and then the football game to cap things off. And and the way that the the uh, the hype has built to this football game, Steve, is, is really impressive to me because I know that we've been talking about it for about, you know, a year. We knew about a year ago that, that the, the men would be playing in this 2K Classic. We found out shortly thereafter or shortly before that the Notre Dame game would be moved uh, to Yankee Stadium. And and the way that this is built in the last two weeks of, hey, the basketball game is the focal point, and now it turns out, no, these basketball games might not be the focal point, even though one of them's probably a top 15 matchup to this football game is the real focal point of the weekend. It, it's fascinating to see how this has grown over the last month. 
It is, and when we found out that the Notre Dame game was, was being moved to Yankee Stadium as part of that Shamrock series, I think we all kind of had the same reaction. It was like, oh, okay, you know, that's interesting, that's nice. And you know, little did we know that Syracuse would be 8-2 and two at this point, and I think we all believed Notre Dame would be really good and would have a chance to be 10-0 and 0 at this point, but they did open the season with Michigan, they got by that one, and then they've been able to cruise from there. So I don't think any of us are surprised by Notre Dame being undefeated. But yes, the, the part of this that is intriguing is that Syracuse, ranked number 12 in the country, and you and I discussed this on the show yesterday, Syracuse has not taken the field as a ranked team involved in a game with national title implications since 2001, when they went down to Miami at 8-2 and two and played the top-ranked Hurricanes, who were undefeated, and they got blown out 59 to nothing. That's not going to happen on Saturday. They're not going to lose 59 to nothing. I think this is going to be a competitive game, and, and you're right, that it's the it's the, the main course, and I think when we first looked at this, we're like, oh, well, the basketball team's playing Thursday and Friday, and then, oh, yeah, there's that game at Yankee Stadium. That is, that is not the case. As we head down to New York, the, you know, the, the appetizer are these first three basketball games, I would say, and then the main course is very much the football game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I, I mean, it, it certainly felt like the the football game was dessert, right? Like the, just this little yeah. extra, this little extra something on top of what these two basketball games were going to be, and and that has ter- certainly shifted. Uh, Steve, I was just talking in the previous segment. Uh, we got a text on the text line saying that uh, one of the big keys to the game, our, our texter thought, is which Eric Dungy shows up. Is it the Dungy of the majority of this season, or is it the Eric Dungy of the NC State game? And and there's a clear difference to me of what Eric Dungy has done in in the majority of games this year versus what he did in that NC State game. He was phenomenal passing the ball in the NC State game. I'm curious what you think, because I, I think that this team changes completely, and, and it's funny to think because they average 44 points per game, but it really changes this team when Eric Dungy is on passing the ball. You know, I think uh, the person who texted you read my keys to victory because I wrote about this this morning before we hit the road. I do keys to victory every week for News Channel 9, and I do three things that Syracuse has to do in order to win the game. And, and the first one was Eric Dungy, and I, I mentioned some of the numbers in that piece. And if you look at what he's done in ACC competition so far this season – He's completing 58% of his passes in ACC games. He's got five touchdowns and four interceptions. If you take out one game, that NC State game, if you take it out of the ACC, he's, he's passing essentially at a 55% clip with two touchdowns and four picks. He was fantastic against NC State, but the other six games in, in the conference schedule, he's been average. I think we could all agree on that. He's been average the last two weeks against Wake Forest and, and Louisville. And they got the job done running the football. And I happened to listen to the last segment, and, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, Seth. I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the football and, and beat Notre Dame. They're going to have to throw the ball well. They're going to have to have Eric Dungy play like he did against UConn or NC State. And not even, I'm not even talking about the 411 yards passing. I'm talking about more so the accuracy and, and not making mistakes. Uh, why did they beat NC State? Well, they beat NC State because – you know, obviously he threw for a lot of yards, but, you know, Dino Babers will point to this. He'll say, look at the turnovers. There was one turnover in that game. It was a three-point game at the time, and it was Ryan Finley who threw the pick, and then Syracuse was able to salt it away with a touchdown. If that's flip-flopped, if Eric Dungy throws a key interception in that third or fourth quarter and NC State takes advantage, maybe that game ends up going the other way. As good as Syracuse played, as, you know, as well as Eric Dungy threw the ball, that game may have gone the other way, you know, if for one mistake, and we saw against Louisville that Eric Dungy threw a pick in the end zone, 
He had a couple of passes in the first half that, that frankly should have been intercepted. I'm not even talking about that free play to Jamal Custis. He had a couple plays prior to that that he threw the ball and, and the Louisville defensive backs just, just didn't make the play. You can survive that against Louisville. You are not going to be able to survive that against Notre Dame. You are going to need to play as mistake-free as possible. And then when Notre Dame makes a mistake or two, you're going to have to cash in with a touchdown. You know, zero points or three points on that drive is not going to cut it. they got to get seven if Notre Dame turns the ball over. You know, you mentioned uh, the free play that, that Dungy threw up in the direction of, of Custis. You mentioned some some plays that Louisville's defensive backs just didn't make. But how, how about one as simple as this? There was a play in the left end zone, and I, I think Syracuse ended up scoring following this anyway. But Eric Dungy is looking for Jamal Custis over the middle and throws it behind him. Uh, you know, and and it would have been a touchdown had the throw been good. Had the throw been there, it's a touchdown. And and I think that you know, even a throw like that is a throw that just has to be made at this point. And and it certainly does on Saturday. You know, you you've got to be able to make the throws necessary to win a game. Um, I'm I I just I don't think that the way he's played the last two weeks wins this game on Saturday. I, I don't think so either. And you know, you you can point to a lot of different throws. I mean, the the one that swing past the Mo Neal, that was the, the North Carolina game, right? When he hit the first half, yep. he threw that swing past the Mo Neal, would have been a touchdown. He overthrows him. Instead, they got to settle for a field goal try, and then they end up missing the field goal, which has not happened all that much this year. But Andre Schmidt actually missed one, and they got instead of getting seven, they got zero. Again, that simply cannot happen on Saturday. And, and I'm with you. I mean, Syracuse has shown that it can run the football with some degree of success, with a lot of success the last two weeks, but they're not going to be able to do that against Notre Dame. We know that. Notre Dame's defense is too good. They're a top-20 defense. So they're going to have to mix the run and the pass. And, and in order to be effective, Eric Dungy is, is going to have to be accurate, plain and simple. And if he's not, this could be a long day. It, and, and, again, I'm not even saying he's got to put up 411 yards like he did against NC State. Just, you know, don't throw any picks and complete, I don't know, more than 60% of your passes. I, I think that's a, a fair expectation. And if he can do that, I think Syracuse is in this game and, and has a chance. Uh, you're not going anywhere, right? You're, you could stick around for another segment? Uh, yeah. we've Like I said, we got about three more hours ahead of us. So, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Let's take a timeout. We'll talk some basketball because, uh, Steve, I, I don't know if you saw before you left, but we, we kind of, sort of, got an update from Chris Carlson on, on Frank Howard uh, earlier today. Kind of, sort of. So, we, we could talk about that a little bit next.